When it comes to colorectal cancer, cases are decreasing in those 50 or older, but increasing in young adults. Here to explain the shifting trends and what we're learning from new research is Dr. Amina Wong and Dr. Nina Sanford of UT Southwestern Simmons Cancer Center. Welcome to the both of you. Dr. Wong, what causes colorectal cancer? It's a combination of genetics and some other factors. The, some other factors are not so well-defined, perhaps toxins in our diet, perhaps the gut, that, the microbiome that grows inside, exposures. Mm -hmm. We're not quite sure, but what we have been able to elucidate for many colorectal cancers is that there's some genetic mutations that are responsible. Dr. Stanford, when you have a colonoscopy, they're looking for polyps. Tell us what a polyp is and what types of polyps people should be concerned about or not concerned about. A polyp is basically um, sort of just a clump of cells that grows in the lining of the colon. Um, there are generally, um, I'd categorize polyps into two main groups, um, non-cancerous um, and, and potentially precancerous. So the majority are actually non-cancerous. These are inflammatory polyps, um, hyperplastic polyps. These do not have a risk of progressing into cancer. Um, neoplastic or cancerous polyps um, are typically adenomas. So these have a risk of progressing into cancer if they are left in place. In general, um, the larger the polyp is, the more likely it is to progress into cancer. And there are other risk factors as well. Colonoscopies can be done either for screening when patients don't have any symptoms or if um, they do have symptoms. Sometimes they're done in patients with um, genetic syndromes that predispose them to have more polyps or cancer, um, but basically on a, a colonoscopy where a doctor goes in with a camera and takes a look at the lining of the colon. Dr. Wong, who should be screened for colorectal cancer and how are those screening guidelines evolving? Because they've a epidemic growth uh, increase in the rate of colon cancer, colorectal cancer in our young people. The U.S. Preventive Task Force has now revised those guidelines to people getting able to be screened at the age of 45. Patients that had a first degree family member who developed cancer at the age of 50, or now that's been even 60, have screening done um, about 15 years or even 20 years prior to that relative, first degree relative having onset. Patients who seem to have a genetic predisposition or have a no genetic predisposition aren't really screened anymore. They're actually surveyed. And often that begins at an early age, perhaps 15 or 20. Tell us why it's important for people to be screened so early in life. When we find cancer early or we prevent cancer because a polyp can go or a growth can go through a series of genetic changes where they accumulate more and more potential to grow and invade. Our object in doing screening colonoscopy is to catch those polyps and remove them before they have that opportunity to acquire the genetic mutations that will render them uh, more likely to invade and to spread to other organs. Dr. Sanford, colorectal cancer was considered by many or is considered by many uh, a disease of older people, but that's changing. Tell us why you think that's occurring. We think there is a um, environmental lifestyle component to this, um, things that have been studied and, and show a potential signal for association with increased colorectal cancer in young adults are you know, sedentary lifestyle, obesity, um, diets that are low in fiber and high in fat. There may be some contribution from those factors. That being said, I have um, taken care of many patients with colorectal cancer diagnosed at a young age who had none of those factors. So there's probably something else at play too. Dr. Wong, I know you're studying uh, the incidence of colorectal cancer in younger adults. 
Tell us what you're looking for. There's been a robust increase in obesity in this country to where 30% of the people in this country are overweight, if not morbidly obese. And so metabolism likely has a contribution to this. Dr. Sanford, if I'm a 20-year-old, 30-year-old, 40-year-old person, how can I reduce my risk of getting colorectal cancer? So the first is to know your family history. Second would be to not ignore worrisome symptoms, bleeding with bowel movements, pain with bowel movements, changes in bowel habits. Um, And the third would be get screened um, when it's your time to do so. Dr. Wong, when colorectal cancer is discovered, what are the options for treating it? We work as a team to first um, stage the cancer. Um, Often we will work with, if it's spread beyond, we will work with uh, radiation oncologists such as Dr. Sanford um, to try to treat the um, locally advanced and maybe distally advanced disease. However, what we love to do as surgeons is to remove the primary cancer and associated lymph nodes early. Hence the request for people to get in for their screening. Dr. Sanford, tell us about the role of radiation therapy for colorectal cancer and how that is used in conjunction with chemotherapy in certain patients. When I talk to patients about treatments, um, I sort of um, bucket them into two main categories, either local treatments or systemic treatments. Um, Systemic treatments, including chemotherapy and uh, immunotherapy, um, go go throughout the entire body to try to um, attack cancer cells that are both seen on imaging and and potentially microscopic disease as well. Um, Local therapy includes radiation therapy and surgery. The goal of radiation therapy, which is primarily used in rectal cancers, um, is to shrink or downstage the tumor such that when surgeons go in to take it out, it's all taken out cleanly and nothing is left behind. Um, this is very important in rectal cancer because um, the rectum is, sits in the pelvis, which can be very narrow. And in men, it's just about five centimeters wide. Um, so using radiation before, um, particularly for large bulky tumors, um, can help really shrink the tumor so that it's easier to take out. There's also uh, more and more data and um, more interest in using radiation therapy and chemotherapy um, to achieve a complete response in rectal cancer such that patients don't need surgery. So that is definitely an evolving field, um, but potentially could be very attractive for patients. What are three things someone should know about reducing their risk of getting colorectal cancer? If there seems to be other cancers in your family history, um, immediate, immediate relatives, know that because that means that you might have some inherited risk. Number two, talk to your primary care provider. They may pick up on symptoms or signs that you don't know about and they may refer you for additional testing. Number three, if it's recommended to you, get screened. It's diagnostic and therapeutic. A half day of drinking that nasty stuff could save your life. Well, I want to thank you both for being with us today and for all this great information and helping us understand the new uh, screening guidelines for colorectal cancer. And we know it'll uh, impact a lot of people and hopefully prevent a lot of colorectal cancers and help people get screened early so they can be treated successfully. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Until next episode, stay safe and stay healthy.